five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hello, Flyover family. Buckle up, because this is the Flyover Conservative Show. Tonight, we are joined live by Trump's chief economic advisor, Peter Navarro. What does Amazon see coming that MSM does not? Tonight, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott is with us to fill us in. All this and more on the Flyover Conservative Show. Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Today's guest was one of the only three senior White House officials that remained with President Trump from the 20,000, from the 2016 presidential campaign to the end of his first term in office. He was the director of Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, and he served as the policy coordinator for the Defense Production Act during the pandemic. He was the principal architect of President Trump's tariff trade and tough on China policy. Welcome to the show, Peter Navarro. Yay! Hey, Hey, great to be with you again. Um, It's it's an interesting time now. Uh, I spent four years in the White House helping the boss build the strongest economy in modern history. I personally save shipyards and tank plants and help get F-16 plants going. Um, and it was just a beautiful thing. And it, it really breaks my heart to see, like on the first day of office, Biden <laughs> goes in there and undoes a lot of the executive orders I helped yeah. write. And we're in a situation now where, you know, unfortunately, um, the deplorables, you know, working class people of America, just get getting hammered. Um, inflation mm-hmm. is eating away at their wages. Yeah. It's the, you know, the whole housing market's upside. It's just it's crazy stuff. So what I've been doing um, is, you know, I'm mission oriented, and my mission right now is to get Trump and Trumpism MAGA principles back in the White House and mm-hmm. on Capitol Hill in this 2024 election. So that's that's yeah. kind of what I've been focused on, and uh, my. Uh, as we say in economics, comparative advantage, I think, is is the kind of, 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 of writing um, and speaking I can do. So I've been primarily focused on, on doing a podcast. And um, this, it's interesting, like the scripts of the podcast are like op-eds, like in newspapers. So like every day of the week, I'm, I'm sending out a, a podcast with, yeah. with an op-ed script um, as a way of, of exploring the key issues um, I think uh, are, are needed in the campaign. I just last uh, last Friday I sent out one, um, and, and, and by the way, you can get this at, at PeterNavarro.substack.com. Mm-hmm. PeterNavarro.substack.com. I did one last Friday where I described how when when I was in the White House with the boss, we're two years in to the administration, and because of these liberal judges handcuffing us, we weren't able to seal the border. It was driving the boss nuts, and it was like, you know, we got to think outside the box on this. We come up with an idea that, that basically uh, it's, it's threatened Mexico with tariffs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And um, the idea was to threaten them so that they would help us on their side of the border. And you know, with my experience writing executive orders, they said, yeah, we could do that under national security statutes, no problem there. 
and 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 uh, what what we wanted them to do with these things called safe third nation agreements, where instead of the illegals crossing the border and staying in America, they'd have to stay in Mexico until they got cleared, which would be months or years, so mm -hmm. that they wouldn't come at all. Right? <laughs> that worked like a charm. I mean. People well, you, you got you got more you, you got more blowback from the left here in the United States than you did from the yeah. president of Mexico on that. They they jumped on. I remember that happening. They jumped on yep. board because it was it was mutual best interest. It yeah. didn't benefit them to have a million people sitting on the border destroying their cities and yeah. coming up because most of the people on the border weren't even Mexican nationals. They're coming from El Salvador and you know everywhere else at that point. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of stopped that, right, David? And it was it was like an epic twenty four hours because like heads were exploding, but it wasn't just the left. I mean, like the Fox News, some of the Fox News types, the Kavutas as well. It's like it's like, but yeah, we did it, and and so within twenty four hours, Mexico sent twenty thousand troops to the border. And, yeah, and within days, they signed that safe third nation. And the best part was we parlayed that into three more agreements with the, what's called the Northern Triangle countries, which is Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. And at the time, at least, before Biden opened the borders to the world, over 90% of the immigration came just from those four countries. So I, it was like a beautiful thing. Like overnight, it's like that border was, was as secure as it's been in many, many years. And, and, and so... The, 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 the podcast and Substack I did last week looked at it. And I think the interesting part of, of what I did was to point out uh, with some intel on the ground south of the border that, hey, this is not just killing America. It's like a lot of these villages and towns throughout mm -hmm. Latin America now. It's like all the able-bodied men right. yep. are, are gone, right? Mm -hmm. and And they take... They take the teenage children with them, often not their own kids, so that they can go across the border with the kids as their shield. And what's left is these young kids, old folks, no economy, and, and then just things get worse and worse. So so it's just one, you know, it's like you know, elections have consequences, stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely, so, we're, and we're, we're we're seeing those every single day. And I, I love I love your approach. One of our mottos here with Flyover Conservative Podcast, the reason we started this in January of 2020, is we just didn't feel there was a counter narrative of people speaking the truth. We needed more Americans to raise yeah. their voice, and we we felt like uh, people sat back waiting for Donald Trump to do 80 million things to save America. The real mm -hmm. answer is 80 million Americans doing one thing each day to save their own country. Yep. But a lot of them they, they they're not sure what tree to chop. They got an axe in their hand and where do I go? Yep. They feel they feel disengaged yep. and empowered. Your information is is empowering. It's focused. It's directed. Um, you go to peterdevaro.substack.com. It's it's listed there. People listen to the podcast and go to Apple or or Google all the all the podcast platforms. It, it's a, it's available. But you actually give people the talking points of, hey, this is actually an effective move forward. It's not Biden stupid and enrage people. It's 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 like, hey, here's a policy. Here's the cause. Here's an effect. And and you talk about things that people can really do that are important. One of the things you talk about is is children coming across the border being used basically as, as slave labor. And it's the the elites, even though the Republican Party, they're kind of in favor of this, you know, that have never been against a closed border and, and the use of, of, of personnel in a bad way. Well, but part of the hidden agenda uh, of the Democrats with their open border policy 
um, is to stuff the ballot box. I mean, it's a long, mm-hmm. long game in the con game, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. That's called the long con, where they think that these 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 uneducated, poor illegals coming over at some point, when they give them amnesty, they'll vote and they'll surely vote Democrat. And they're sending them to red states and this, that, and the other thing. But it's so it's so inhumane, and you can you can draw a line, David, from 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 the child forced labor that is now working in places like General Mills factories, Ford, uh, General Motors, um, the, the, the Amazon Whole Foods. I mean, these kids start back, you go back to these liberal judges I told you about. There's one famous one that Obama appointed. Her name is Dolly G, G-E-E, Dolly G. She's the one that made the decision that basically created the catalyst for the so-called catch and release policy using children as the shield to get across the border. Yep. And it, 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 you go from that decision, you could draw a pretty much straight line to Biden undoing the Trump policy to those factories where these kids are. Now, look, it's a horrible thing for the kids. Okay. Yeah. We, have, we got Dolly G on the screen there. It's a horrible, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Smiling. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm responsible for forced labor. It's a horrible thing for the kids. But remember, those children are displacing American workers and driving down their wages. Yeah. And the globalists that we're fighting, um, are, they love that. I mean, the, the, the CPAC just ended, you know, the, the, the big conference every year, the conservative mm-hmm. political action conference, right? And, you know, Trump's there. But what, what was happening, uh, the, the podcast I'm putting out today, um, is on kind of the, the, some of the subplots where uh, you had like Ted Cruz going to the breakers, sucking up to the club for no growth, as the boss likes to call it. Um, you had uh, Ron DeSantis. He's literally from where I'm standing. He was like a mile away um, at the Four Seasons Resort, sucking up to liberal Democrat hedge fund manners like Steve Schwartzman and Ken Griffin suck it up their money. These people are not MAGA, right? Mm-hmm. And and so this is the battle, uh, David and Stacey, we face. It's it's between the working class people of America, the, the, the people who, who value God, family, and country. And the, the other triangle secularly is the American manufacturing secure borders and an end and uh, an end to endless wars. And the people we're fighting, it's the big money people who make money by offshoring our jobs in China and Mexico uh, by having illegals come across the border mm-hmm. and working for nothing in our factories. And now we got kids coming. So yeah. um, it's a tragedy. What do you think, Peter, when President Trump is back in office, can this problem be fixed? Because we talked to a lot of Americans, you know, we're talking to a lot of people as we're out there. The border is a major concern for people. Do you think, I mean, is there is there a solution for all of the people that have come into this country? And what does the future look like? Well, um, you know, I don't want to be Mr. Gloom and Doom, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm an economist, right? The dismal science. When you say the problem, Stacey, the problem is it's not the problem. It's 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 15 problems. 
Um, and each one of them uh, had a solution that Donald Trump was implementing. I mean, that one of the keys to reducing the crime rate is increasing prosperity is, is, is a direct right. correlation yep. uh, with that. It's also securing our borders. One of the keys to keeping Russia on a leash and going into Ukraine is projecting peace through strength, which Biden did not do. And now we got that. And uh, I mean, uh, I mean, the idea of spending $40 billion in tax dollars, send it off to Ukraine, basically emptying our defense arsenal here mm-hmm. to send over there. A lot of the weapons don't even reach the troops. It's like, what are we doing? I mean, right. this is like Afghanistan and Iraq redux, yeah. where we spent like $10 trillion of American treasure over there for nothing. And we don't have infrastructure. The point I think here is that Trump has a vision. Trumpism mm-hmm. is a set of principles. And the people that Donald Trump wants to help are the working class of America. You know, the the rich elites, they'll do fine for themselves, okay? Right. Yeah. But it's the working class people, farmers, ranchers, blue-collar workers. That's the Trump MAGA base. It's, oh, let me see, in flyover country. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should do a podcast call. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the focus. I want to get some of the like, like, like situation-type rooms uh, stuff you were in, but I, I've always wanted to ask you specifically – uh, I love the In Trump Time book because it gives you a sense of the kind of pace of, of his work ethic. You know, your energy level, high, intense, yeah. fast, yeah. you know, jumping on today. You were 10 minutes early. You know, you're just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, you didn't like come into that situation, I don't think, is like this like MAGA Trump guy, but you were the last one to leave. What was it that you saw as you went into this that made you realize, hey, he he's going to do what he says. He is America first. He's not just mm-hmm. all blow. Um, what is it that attracted you and gained yeah. that kind of loyalty in you towards Donald Trump? Well, the, the way I met the boss um, originally was um, back in 2011 um, in an interview with the L.A. Times, uh, some smart ass reporter um, said, you know, what's your favorite book on China? You know, thinking he'd kind of catch the boss in a Sarah Palin moment where he's like, oh, I like all of them. And, but what the <laughs> boss did, which was interesting, was proceeded to reel off like 10 books by their title, by their author, and describe what each one of them did. And mine, The Coming China Wars, she would say, uh, was sixth on the list. So I was quite flattered by that. I sent him a little note to, uh, through Rona Graf, who was his assistant. We started corresponding. So we've always had um, the the communist China and trade issue as as our our most common bond. And I, that's pure MAGA. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think it's fair to say both he and I were MAGA before MAGA was cool. <laughs> right. And you know, the whole border issue, I, I was living down in San Diego and um, I was seeing that going on down in Imperial Beach. I don't know if you've ever seen the border down there, um, but back uh, back in the 80s, that was an issue where you'd go up I-5 towards L.A. and there'd be a customs checkpoint there. And every time you'd go up that way, there'd be like five or six cars by the side of the road with their doors open, where, which illegal aliens had, had heisted down in San Diego. They'd stop short of the, 
the, the, the, the patrol area, right? Mm-hmm. And they head into the hills and walk around. So this, wow. these, those two issues, I mean, they were, and I always thought, I mean, I, as a macroeconomist, I always thought it was like stupid um, <laughs> to, to go into Iraq. Yeah, look, like, let's remember the history of this. Bush went into Iraq, basically, because Saddam threatened his father. Okay, he didn't yeah. go in for Osama bin Laden. Then look at what happened. I when I was like, this is a very sad story. But I would go to Walter Reed, um, like once a week to to use some of their facilities there for for exercise. They had like, you know, it's not like I can walk into a gym, right? When I'm in the White House, right? So they had some right. stuff there, and um, you know, there'd be paraplegics, quadriplegics, guys just wow. warriors Man. trying to trying to recover. That's on Bush and Cheney, and that that. Liz Cheney, I mean, she disgusts me. Yeah. Now, she went after me head on in the legal process. She's going after, I mean, there's blood on these people's hands. So, yeah. you know, I, I, um, yeah, I'm, 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 like I said, I, me and Trump were MAGA before it was cool. So, so you started working with them. You guys probably kind of fell in love with each other's work ethic as well. I mean, the, the pace that you work, the way that you approach problems, um, you know, he's sort of, uh, like whatever problem, if you had, you throw it at him, he's going to come up with 10 solutions pretty quick and, and empower people to do it. Yeah. Well, for me, look, I, I, I got walked into the West Wing. And if you read my um, In Trump Time book, as you did, you'll remember uh, the, the troubles I had early on with some of the bad personnel in there, with Mnuchin and Gary Cohn of Goldman and It was like a it was like a knife fight from the day in. And I'm like <laughs> I'm a professor at University of California. But I learned um, what I learned, which was interesting, was that if I'm going to beat these SLBs, I had to work harder, but also had to know the process better. Mm-hmm. Every one of those people would delegate their work to Grundoons, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I did the stuff myself. So I learned that the most powerful weapon in a White House is an executive order or a presidential memo. They're part yeah. parcel of the same thing. I learned how to write those things. And I, I don't know, I think I did like 17 of them. Um, wow. To, yeah, I mean, I was like, did more than anybody in the White House contributing to, to, to those things. And we got stuff done. I mean, by Amer- I did like, I think three or four by American orders alone where we were material able to move the needle. I'd go in and we'd, you'd see like they use more steel. The government mm-hmm. have to buy more steel from American factories and that would create more jobs. So, yep. um, but it is worth it. There's a funny, I, I want to just mention the, uh, the podcast and subsect again, because there's a great story that's going to go out today. Um, it's peternavarro.substack.com, peternavarro.substack.com. There's a great story about, about how uh, we fly down to Buenos Aires um, for the G20 summit and go kind of mano a mano with uh, Xi Jinping, the dictator, and his trade team. Wow. And on the way back, it's like an 18-hour flight. We all pile in. On the Air Force One, there's like this cool little conference room um, where the boss sits and holds court, and there's a couple of TVs going on there and couches and chairs. And so all of us pile in there to debrief and kind of chill back and so like that. And over the course of the, the trip, like one by one, people like slink out exhausted and go to sleep. And this was one day I just I just sat there for the whole time. 
Um, and at, at one point I was alone with him and just kept my mouth shut. Didn't want to disturb him. We were watching some sports on TV. And, um, yeah, he just powers on. He's working. He's working away. I'm like sitting there kind of barely awake. But it was the first time since college that I stayed awake all night. And I went, went uh, back to the White House. I had to do a little quick email at my stand-up desk. <laughs> as God is my witness, I fell asleep standing up. Wow. <laughs> well, that is tired. <laughs> That's tired. And he just, he just he kept a full schedule that day. He's, He's a machine. Yeah, we flew out. We flew out at, at the end of the day. Went his Aries and flew through the night. He gets up, goes, puts on a fresh tie and shirt, and boom, off he goes. So he's That's man, amazing. I, 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 speaking of, of SOBs and Situation Room and, and stories you've, you've mentioned, um, Andrew well, Substack. Andrew Substack comes to mind, but maybe you have some. <laughs> I got another. You know, in our you know, Flavor Conservatives on our, our merch store and FlavorConservatives.com, we have this line of merchandise called Fauci for Gitmo. We've had t shirts and hats for quite a oh, while. It's okay. one of the few people that people yeah. universally just don't like. Even I think people who are like standing in line for their fifth booster, like instinctively just don't like the guy. But um, And you uh, talk about him a lot. You actually, in your book, Taking Back Trump, Trump's America. I want, to, I want to, see, to read these six yeah. points that you knew that he knew at that point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. as, we, as yeah. we get to the back end of this, I, I, I don't want people to hear these points. But I want to know what's it like to sit and look eyeball to eyeball and negotiate with somebody who's such a, a, a pathological liar. Um, and, and has been able to weasel in and out of five presidencies and just kind of yeah. plays the long time and waits. But I want to, I want to list these. You're sitting, you're going to a meeting with him. I think it was April of 2020. And, and he lies through his teeth knowing Actually, the six things that Stacey's January, January. 2020 in the sit room at the dawn of the pandemic. That's how early this SOB knew. Anyway, you go ahead and read the six He knew these six things when he sat down yeah. to talk with you. Yep. And you talked about this. Again, you can find this on Peter Navarro on a Substack, but also on his podcast. Let me say one other thing to interrupt you. I, now I feel like Steve Bannon here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to grow, grow a lot more hair down the air. Yeah, exactly. There's no talking, like talking <laughs> over somebody. But... Um, People can hear from a lot of people on the news. You can watch Tucker Carlson. You can watch yep. anybody you want. But I'm talking like Flyover Family. If if you want to hear from somebody who was actually there, who was actually yeah. in the room when these things took yeah. place, PeterNavarro.com. Get his Substack, his his podcast. They're, they're like nine minute podcasts. It's like just Trump time. It's bam. Here's what you need to know. But he was in these conversations. Well, and just, you were the first White House uh, official to actually call out that that China. Uh, had the Wuhan lab and that it probably came from that. They're you still the talking. First... They're still talking wet market today. I know. Some of those guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so let's go through the six facts real fast. You said, yeah. uh, number one, SARS-CoV-2 virus did not come from nature. Two, China's right. virus almost certainly came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He knew these facts then. Number three, the Wuhan Institute of Virology had received substantial funding from Fauci and his bureaucracy uh, within the NIH. Knew that. Number four, Fauci's NIH funding had been specifically used in Wuhan to conduct gain-of-function experiments that can uh, transform harmless bat viruses into human killers like COVID-19. Number five, SARS-CoV-2, in all probability, genetically engineered using Fauci's gain-of-function technologies. Bioweapon. And number six, the Wuhan lab doubled as a bioweapons lab for the People's Liberation Army. The virus itself may have been intentionally designed as a bioweapon. He knew all six of those things, and what did he say to you? 
Uh, well, in the Situation Room, he said, number one, travel bans don't work because I was sent there by President Trump to argue in behalf of the travel ban. And the other thing he said is like the virus is no big deal. And then and then over the course of time, um, he engineered a cover up to basically have so-called respected academics lead us to believe that this thing was from nature. Now, mm-hmm. the thing about it is, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this at this point. I'm not a prideful man, but I'm proud of the fact that I actually was the only one in the West Wing, the only one in the entire administration who stood up to that guy from day one. I almost lost my job because of it. Mark Meadows one day wanted to fire me, but the boss wouldn't let him. Wow. That's a little breaking news there. And it was like, that guy I knew... From the January 2020, here's a funny story about it. When I walked in the sit room, I didn't know this guy walked on water. I didn't know who he was. I just walked in the situation room to argue the travel ban. And within nanoseconds, this little SOB with a Brooklyn (laughs) accent is getting in my face saying travel bans don't work. I'm going, like, what planet are you you living on, sir? And it's like... Then what I did was because I wound up Mick Mulvaney wound up firing me from the the task force that day. I never got back on that. That's that's on Mulvaney. That's a scurrilous guy, a backstabber of Trump. Uh, but what I did uh, was that night I went home and worked on a memo that basically did the numbers. I'm an economist, and think, consider this. I said that this thing was going to cost the U.S. economy trillions of dollars and kill as many as half a million people if it was not brought under control. I said that on January 29th in a memo, 2020, wow. right? And no truer words were ever written. And I, I said that to, to the task force, Mulvaney, it went to everybody. Mulvaney's head was blowing up. Uh, but they turned around on the travel ban. The boss got his travel ban. and There he is. Fortunately, it was too late by then to contain a lot of the damage uh, that that was going to be done to us. Uh, and, and the thing about what Fauci did, I, like it's the biggest lie of omission in world history, because if he had simply leveled with us and told us all of those things that day, we could have backed the Chinese into a corner, got the original genomes sequence, got a, a, a vaccine that's actually a vaccine that could work. Mm-hmm. Um, this one doesn't trust me on that. And, um, instead Fauci kind of was able to skate, become the golden boy and be Biden's advisor, but his day's coming. His day's Man, coming. That is good to hear Peter. Cause there was an article that just came out yeah. from the Epic times that the, uh, Republicans are really kind of pointing out some stuff about Fauci, some emails that were leaked. For those of you listening just yeah. on Apple or you're on the radio stations or anywhere else that we're at, uh, Fauci prompted drafting of study to disprove yeah. the COVID lab leak theory, House Committee. So the Republicans are, uh, I don't know, they must have slipped on a banana peel or something because they're actually doing work David, and getting stuff it, done. It, it's worse than that because the, the people who do those studies and did kind of the nature theory were, were given grants on other stuff kind of as, as part of the con game, right? It's like, you scratch my back over here mm-hmm. and, and I'll give you a bunch of money to go study something over there. I mean, I, look, these people, I grew up 
Yeah, I spent like 25 years in an academic environment, and we're supposed to be moral, ethical human beings. But what I saw in academia, for example, at my own campus at UC Irvine, a little breaking news here, was to allow the Chinese Communist Party to come in, police their students there, and give a bunch of money to think tanks, which then would promote propaganda from, from the Chinese communists. That's like the University of California business model, okay? Mm. And so, you know, it's like these academics who help Fauci propagate this myth, there's blood on their hands. And don't forget, I mean, the high, whole hydroxychloroquine thing, that's what yep. I thought Fauci had on. And that stuff works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got COVID um, and, and just about, I don't know, a month and a half ago, um, and took hydroxy, and it was like, you know, okay, yeah, that's, yep, that's done, and that's, that's yep. done. And the part of that's the reason we even started this podcast. We started meeting doctors, you know, like Dr. Mark Sherwood, different people that had met, you know, they had 10,000 patients that had lost zero people to COVID. That's not what you're seeing on the news. And you're like, that's a different narrative than you're seeing on on the news, even Fox with a death ticker, you know, this was treatable and they knew it early. I'm not a doctor, but if you got heart disease, stay away from it. But look, it's stuff that people use regularly, like aspirin with malaria, right? It's it's okay for pregnant women. It's just, Mm -hmm. and, and. Biologically, I, I do my homework here. I'm an economist, but I know how to read scientific journals. The beauty of hydroxy is, is it has like a blocking effect because it prevents the virus from penetrating what's called your ACE receptors in your cell. Mm-hmm. And it's got an alkalinity effect, which actually makes your, your cells more alkaline and that kills the virus itself. So it's just, I mean, it's just, it just makes so much more sense. So, uh, you know, just a lot of yeah, blood n- none of this would have worked without yeah. the, the the media being mm-hmm. weaponized against you know the American people, and I, I see like yeah. creating like, fear. John uh, Berman of CNN, that's mm-hmm. my poster child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's blood on that guy's hands too. Even you yep. see like a Joe Rogan and an ivermectin, and, and the, the things that they would say about Joe Rogan. It's like they they it's clearly they they, yeah. they they would clearly have an agenda with everything they say. Not journalism at all. It's just propaganda. It's just propaganda. Yeah. It's like wartime propaganda for a nation. Except yeah. for it's, mm-hmm. it's weaponized against our own people, creating division and misinformation out there on a massive scale we've never seen before. And that's what you guys faced from day one in your administration was the weaponization yeah. of the uh, media no against president. you, creating untruth. I mean, look, politics is a blood sport. Um, It ain't beanbag, as they used to say. And look, there's been a lot of dirty politics for for a long, long time, but nothing compares to the media onslaught against Trump Mm -hmm. from even before he got inaugurated. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The whole Russia hoax stuff. I mean, it goes on and on. But what I'm trying to do, I want to. Just give, give, a, give a, you know, just one more plug for the podcast, PeterNavarro.substack.com. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe if you can. I'm, I'm facing some legal battles with the Department of Injustice, and I've got a, a legal defense fund i got to do, PeterNavarro.substack.com. And the podcast, is, as David said, is on Apple and Google Podcasts. But what I'm trying to do is take these kind of issues one by one by one mm-hmm. and give you as a, as a reader and a listener kind of the background from my days in the white house, which I think is kind of unique. I mean, people, as you Very. said, rail against Fauci and, this and the other thing, I got the receipts. I was, I was going eyeball to eyeball with that guy. 
um, more than one occasion. And I did, I, I, you know, I, I think I wrote about this. I, I did tell the boss to fire that SOB twice. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame him for not following my advice um, because everybody else <laughs> was saying, no, you can't do that for a variety of reasons. But but it was it was the wrong thing um, not to do. I mean, it, it would have been neat to get him right out. Mm -hmm. And if I know those six facts in January 2020, uh, I would have lit him up like yeah. a Roman candle and he'd yep. be toast. Yeah. Is there accountability? I guess that's my final one that I know you have more, but uh, is there accountability? Do you think that, that Fauci, that some, that anything will happen to Fauci? You think anything will happen to the media? Cause I, again, Americans are like, there, there should be accountability for his actions. Yeah, well, let's think about this for a minute. Um, the, the problem we have is, is uh, that, that the Republicans on the Hill are, are looking at is this weaponized government, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the Democrats, Biden, the White House, Department of Justice, and the FBI are now weaponized for political purposes. Mm -hmm. So you got a guy like me who who um, does what essentially is is my duty to my country, the Constitution, and my commander in chief. And they put me in leg irons and they're trying to put me in prison, right? And it's costing me over half a million dollars already. It's Goodness like, sakes. That's kind of what they do, right? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Fauci, who has the blood on his hands of, of literally millions of people yeah. around the world, he's, he's you know, he's sit, lay, sleeping in silk and running around the world, probably trying to dodge subpoenas. And But <laughs> the truth will out. I mean, it's like with hydroxy. Now, as we get further and further away from, from the time when hydroxy was something that was used as a weapon against Trump. We're seeing more and more data that says, mm -hmm. hey, this stuff works, ivermectin works. It's like the, 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 the vaccine creates nothing but problems, particularly mm -hmm. for, for younger people. Um, the truth has a way of getting out. It's just too bad that it didn't happen in 2020 because we would have saved a lot of lives and Trump would still yeah. be in the White House. So true. Um, as I'll we'll get back to the economist stuff just a little bit. People can t continue to follow your trickle out, you know, because again, nine minute blasts a day, short, short bursts there at peternavarro.substack.com. Um, gold. I want to talk about gold just a moment because we've seen a weird thing happen. There's a lot of countries like, like the Russian ruble has actually mm -hmm. done well over these last couple of years. It's yeah. like they're backing themselves up in gold. A lot of countries are doing that. The gold standard, so to speak, left in 1971 with, with Nixon, and they just kind of keep printing more money. And I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I know that there's been, I don't know, maybe 30, 40% of the money that exists now has been made in the last couple of years. I don't know what the yeah. number is exactly, but in that kind of a range, it's hard to even fathom, mm -hmm. you know, because people yeah. still think of money as something you can touch, but it's all just numbers in the cloud at this point. Have we passed a point that can't, we can't return on that as far as the dollar goes. How can we personally gold yeah. specifically silver, try to hedge against that. So you have mm -hmm. something you can touch, but where do we stand as a country federal reserve? And, and with that whole thing, can we, well, can, no, we me, can we gain a foothold again financially yeah, as a country? Let me start with the gold, gold issue itself. Um, what I tell people is like, I, I don't give financial advice because as an economist, um, it's it's well established that gold um, is a is a hedge against inflation, 
In other words, mm -hmm. as, as prices go up in inflationary fashion, gold will hold its value. So having a little bit of gold or some gold as part of your overall wealth is, is, uh, can be a sensible thing. You can feel it, you can see it, and it holds its value. You go to the other end now. I, I never was a crypto guy. Um, crypto scares me for one reason and one reason alone. It's that the whole thing about crypto is the assumption is that you can't de-encrypt crypto. Mm. And I know personally from my days in the White House that one of the key goals of the Communist, Chi Communist Chinese Party, Chinese Communist Party is basically to um, master blockchain technology and be able to de-encrypt things as a as a asymmetric weapon against mm. places like the United States. You know, if you can if you can de if you can go in and de-encrypt cryptocurrency, it, you know, goes to, mm -hmm. to zero. So that's right. But but crypto's gonna be here to stay, but that that like scares me. Now the other part I think the, the, the real threat is the communist Chinese are trying to make their currency the reserve currency rather than the right. dollar. Mm -hmm. And that's a credible threat. I mean we just well, they're now they could trade oil and so forth without yeah. the U.S. dollar. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a, the, the, the BRICS nations. That's a it's a game changer. That's toothpaste. I don't yeah. see ever going back mm -hmm. into the tube. They're not going to no. undo no. that. No, it, it is so. Um, and look, um, the ability to conduct monetary policy in this country by the Federal Reserve hinges on the ability to control the money supply, and once you get a um, decentralized, globalized money supply, then it, it's going to become very difficult to do what we used to do in order to deal with recessions and inflation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. It's, so, it's, it's a, P it's Peter, thank time. you so much for coming on. The big thing that we have here is our slogan is wake up, speak up and show up. Just our, our final, as you out here in the last 30 seconds, what's your recommendation for people? What are ways that they can speak up and show up? And, and can, can you throw in a health tip too? We've met you a couple of times. You're shredded. You're putting hurting on that black shirt there. Yeah, you, got, you, got a, you got a gun show going on there. So, so no, what are you going to do? Wake up, speak up and show up, and also filter. stay fit. It's a special filter on this. <laughs> um yeah, uh, you know, in Trump time, keep moving, baby, you know, eat, eat healthy. Yeah. I'm the boringest person on the planet because I, uh, I don't indulge in things which otherwise would. But um, look, look, this is about uh, action, action, action. It's about mm -hmm. getting involved at the local level in whatever it is that, that, that makes sense to you, whether it's a school board or a city council or whether it's a a precinct strategy and, and understanding the issues. And one of the things I'm trying to do with the taking back Trump's America podcast explicitly is to educate people as to what MAGA means. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, you can go to the podcast and look at some of the past episodes. They did like a six uh, episode thing on what MAGA means. And so people then be, can become ambassadors and explain, Hey, great. You know, it's like they're calling us extremists. Hey, all we want is strong American manufacturing base and endless wars and secure borders. Yeah. And and here's why. And you keep saying that over and over and over again. And that's that's my mission is to help mm -hmm. you out there in deplorable land be able to carry that message to independent voters and crossing over into blue collar 
Democrats, which are mm-hmm. a sweet spot um, for Donald Trump. So, but yeah, it's been great being with you guys again. Thank and, you uh, so much, Peter. Yeah, your show is like, this is the kind of show that's really important because you, you talk about tough issues in, in, in a great way. And, and thanks for being there. I appreciate it. When it comes to most important decisions in life, you need people who know more than you do yes. on that specific category. And uh, when it comes to your finances, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd advise somebody with at least two PhDs. And so we got Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Yay! How are you doing? Great. Welcome. Amazing. 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 You know, uh, uh, we're in a fast changing world, a lot of stuff happening very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see the shifting of the way we do business and the way things happen, uh, in, in our world and the idea of where things are coming from. We've talked a lot about supply chains and different things in the, in the past, but the idea, I wonder what's going to happen with retail business here in the future when it comes to online shopping and things happening. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I was talking to my son yesterday and he was wanting a bicycle pump for his kids. And and he was like, okay, I'm going to go on. Uh, he went online and looked and said there's he could go and he could pick it up, I think, tomorrow or they could deliver it within an hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. And he's like, he's like, I guess I'll take the delivery. You know, I said, are you sure that it's anyway? We deliver it within an hour and we'll fill up the tire in your car and we'll give you a foot rub. Yeah. You know, it's like the idea of the way business is done is being changed so quickly. But I wonder how sustainable these things are and the profitability and where things are moving in the economy when it comes to that. Well, it's changing. I mean, even Amazon Prime, right? I don't know how much that is, 149, 179 bucks a year. And then you get free shipping on, on stuff. Well, you don't really get free shipping, right? They're, mm. they're just raising the prices on the things that you're getting, but it's, but it's a, it's a cool trick, but now there's a problem, right? With rising cost of transportation, diesel fuel, the cost of mm. everything is going through the roof, right? So I don't know how sustainable some of these things are in an inflationary world. You think some of these guys are just willing to lose money long enough to squash all the competition. Is that kind of the, you know, there's the term of getting Amazon, you know, if like mm-hmm. you're, if you're, you know, a company that they want to absorb, either they'll take you on or they'll just start the identical same thing and just squash you, you know, but, right. but that factors in them taking losses that maybe they're subsidizing it through their web servers or some other profit. Well, I mean, yeah, their, their AWS not, is huge. That's a huge profit point for them, Yeah, but, but it does help them. I mean, imagine trying the barriers of entry into e-commerce right now. It's like, what can you offer? Oh. Two-hour shipping? No. How do you compete? I mean, seriously? Yeah. The idea of being a a mom-and-pop lumberyard or whatever, like Home Depot started out from scratch, like to do that now, it's not not even imaginable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To compete against those guys. I mean, really, Amazon changed the world that we're living in, right? And it's like, how much of of a better, more riskless type company could you have to invest in? Then somebody who changed the world that can offer free shipping in one to two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about your son, it's like, give me a break. I mean, they're like the best of the best of e-commerce, right? But, I, I joked oh, to him. I said, you try ordered a, order a bicycle pump, order a pizza and call the cops and see who gets there first. <laughs> True. I, I said, I said, if somebody's breaking in your house, you have a better chance to go on Amazon, order a taser. 
<laughs> they, they, they'd call the cops. I said, it'd probably be there faster <laughs> and you can protect your own self. That's seriously just wild. I but, know but that I is. Too. But so, so here's the thing. This is how bad the economy is though, because we're talking about this, this big company that's yep. taken over the world, right? They have their own freight lines. They have their own airplanes. They have mm-hmm. massive places everywhere. Well, look what they're doing in Virginia, right? They were they were building this this massive edifice of a of a second headquarters for them. They stopped. They're not doing it. Well, why would somebody stop building something if you have all the money in the world? Right. Well, maybe they don't, right? Maybe they see um it's a foreshadowing of things to come that the economy really is slowing down a lot. Or why wouldn't e-commerce? I mean, even even the fact of e-commerce, nobody wants to go out and drive in a world that's becoming less and less safe, right? They don't want to yeah. go out at night. You've got stores in certain parts of even Denver that are shut down after nine o'clock at night. You've got you've got an increasing cost of labor, increasing cost of insurance, um, cost of fuel is going through the roof. People don't want to go drive to get groceries. When, why not? When you can just have people come and deliver it to you for free. I mean, mm-hmm. great business model, right? Well, they're shutting down the the building. They're pausing the construction. I think this pause in this economy means they're just not going to finish like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but look at the look at that building. I mean, it's kind of creepy. You know, it reminds me of of the the changing of our DNA through through the the boosters and the vaccines yeah. and right. It's like oh, this is this is crazy. And and actually, their crazy. their building is called the Helix, right? It's it's called. You know, it's just weird. It's Looks just like a little weird, bit of a, of, a, of a head nod to the Tower of Babel or something it like does. that, too. It kind of has kind I of agree. a weird look. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But the point of that whole was with that story was not to go down a rabbit trail right down. It, it was to say that the most successful company that we've seen in, in decades mm-hmm. it can't finish a project. This is how bad the economy is getting. So let's look at some other charts here. Oh, that is a cool looking building now. I yeah. mean, it's weird. It, but it's different. Right. It is definitely, so, it stands Dr. out. Dr. Kirk, let me ask you a question though. Just like uh, a lot of people get their buying signals and tips from their neighbors or from their brother-in-law, somebody at a cookout, somebody that's not even in that field. Um, they get marriage tips or watching like Dr. Phil or something like that. You know, they're just like, they, they, they're getting advice on how to fix something only from sources that are broken. Um mm-hmm. Companies like like Amazon, are we looking like they put a Walmart and a Home Depot and a Lowe's all kind of go in the same intersection? Mm-hmm. You know they've studied traffic patterns and mm-hmm. trends and where the where the city's migrating. Like you know, those people put a lot of effort into it. And I think too many people are getting their advice from like, well, this is what my neighbor says the economy's doing, or this is maybe even what the news say. But there's nobody as as greedily and in, in, in a self interest model ahead of the curve than what Jeff Bezos is going to be on knowing where the trend is going to be, knowing how many employees he can handle, mm-hmm. knowing what kind of construction costs. Like that, that's, that's probably the best indicator you can have of where the economy is going because they don't lose. This isn't the government. It's right. not like that. The government can, can blow Afghan withdrawal and be okay mm-hmm. as long as they control the media. But Jeff Bezos, I mean, those guys got to get it right. Billionaires aren't billionaires mm-hmm. because they're stupid. No, they're, they're- no. And once you become a billionaire, you actually get to control a lot of the shots because you can change an economy in the direction or trajectory just by things that you say. Like, remember, uh, boy, he has, I haven't heard it in a, in a bit, but, but like when Warren Buffett used to give investment advice, it would change the markets, right? Mm-hmm. It's like buying a railroad. It's like, oh, let's invest in railroads. I mean, 
when when you get to be at that level, everybody listens, right? And you can change or you can dictate to the banks what they start doing because you're you're the largest depositor. It's right. Like, mm-hmm. So things just start to happen when you get big. And I would not bet against them. If they're saying that they're not going to finish this project, there's probably a really good reason why. And it's because either they've been listening to this show or <laughs> balance sheets um, are, are proving the same thing that we're talking about on the show, that CEOs right. everywhere think, oh, man, we've got declining revenues. We've got increasing expenditures. This this isn't a good combo. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've, we've got to shut down. So so here's where. OK, this is this is an interesting chart because it talks about just about what we're talking about. Right. So so how do how do policymakers heat up or or cool off an economy? It's a lot of times through interest rates. Right. So mm-hmm. if the market's overheated. Right. Too too much growth, too much inflation. You raise interest rates to slow that down. So if an economy needs help, like right after 9-11 in 2009, you start to have cheap money. You, you put, bring interest rates to zero. Everybody's buying and it stimulates growth and whatever else. So so here's where we've seen interest rates. This is basically money tightening means um, they're not printing as much, right? You've got higher interest rates. It's just tighter. It's harder to get, right? So so 1982 interest rates were at their peak, like at 18% on a 30-year mortgage. Oh, down to early 20 or late, mm, not late. I would say... Six months ago, interest rates were as close to zero as what they've ever been, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now they've wow. been bumping up since then. So these cycles that we're looking at are on average 28-year cycles. So you had from 1983 until now, we pushed the end of the en- edge of the envelope. Yep. That's, that's well over 30 years on something that averages 28 years. Okay, well, now we're probably in for a couple decades of rising interest rates. And then after that, we'll go into a couple decades of lowering interest rates. These are long-term cycles. So here's the problem that with this. The aftermath of an easing, easing right, is tightening. So we've had cheap money. We've had low interest rates, printing it like there's no tomorrow. Well, you ultimately get to a point of critical mass. It's like, man, we printed too much money. We've caused too much inflation. Now we have to slow down that inflation. So they, they go in the opposite direction. That's yeah. where we are. This is where we're headed for the next 20 years, probably plus, because that's what the historical trend pattern shows us. Interest rate cycles are on average 28 years. So imagine all the debt that we're amassing as a country and as a world, right, mm-hmm. in our own personal lives to um, imagine a couple decades of rising interest rates. Oh, it's devastating, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be devastating. And this is why probably Bezos sees these kind of trends, realizes where we're headed. And so they're not going to actually add another big building. So let's look at something else. Let's look at some real estate, right? So so the OECD, basically, that's economic, you know, large countries, Western economies like Western Europe, America, Canada, whatever, right? So, okay. so this is, we're talking a lot about real estate in the decline there. We're not talking about it just in America, though. This is a global thing. These are all the OECD countries, basically the westernized manufacturing countries of the world. They're, they're poised for a massive correction. They're, if you look at the trend line um, for quite some time, going back all the way to the 70s, we're in for another at least at least a 20% correction just to hit the trend line. 
nothing ever stops at the trend line. See, every single time throughout history, it's gone significantly past it. So we're probably in for a 30 to 40% correction in real estate moving forward as interest rates rise and people can't afford their houses. So you've got contraction in real estate because there's a contraction in the economy. You're going to have a contraction in the stock market because there's a contraction in the economy. Mm. <clears throat> that's why that's why Bezos is not building his new building, right? So you've got all these big macro trends happening, rising interest rates, basically money tightening rather than easy money. This is not good looking forward for, for the global economy. And, and when you have that, people are going to be looking for change. They're going to be mm. looking for hope. They're going to be looking for an answer, right? There's two people you can go to for an answer. Do you want to go to the people who broke the system? No, but no. they're going to get a solution. They're, yeah. they're getting an answer. It's central bank digital currency, like we talked about last time, right? Um, or you can go to something that always has been tried, true, tested, proven, and that is tangible assets in an inflationary spiral. They just do well. And and I've, I'm well beyond the point of, of being concerned about, you know, people saying, well, Kirk, you, you talk about the same thing all the time as a solution. I don't care. I want to help people. And it's the only right. solution there is right now. If there were something else, we would do it, right? right? But there's not. There's just not. Not in this crazy world of weird policies that are that are basically ravaging Americans. Uh, we can't we can't invest the same way now or in the future that we did in the past when things changed. So therefore, we go into gold and silver but primarily silver, take advantage of it when it's time to go back in. When we get a new president, when we get a new Congress, when the markets change and you have policies of pro-growth, lowering taxes, lowering interest rates, job creation, boom, then we go back into those kind of asset categories, but not until then. And you can help us with that, which I love. So yeah. when we build a relationship with you and your team, you can get us into silver. And then when it's time to change, you can get us out of silver into whatever is next. And it's a relationship. It's not a one-time transaction. I, I love that. a commission when team. you sell. No. I mean, there's so many advantages uh, for people being with you. And this is the message you hear from everybody. We had a great conversation with uh, Trump's, Trump's uh, uh, chief economist, uh, Peter mm -hmm. Navarro, same thing. He says, you know, you look at the global economy, you look at what mm -hmm. Russia's done with their economy and, and their, their currency, you look at all the BRICS nations, you need to be converting things into gold and silver. I listened to a podcast with uh, Patrick Bet David uh, this past weekend. I was hiking, I was listening to him and he's like, You've got to yep. protect yourself in an inflationary environment. You need to be getting into gold and silver. He's, he's allotted a percentage of his income for a long mm -hmm. time now into getting into gold and silver. Clay Clark, same thing. Mm -hmm. Part owner in 160 different companies. Percentage of his income consistently into gold and silver. That's the long-term play to protect yourself against a crazy runaway government. You hear that every single mm -hmm. way you go from people who know yep. and are where you're trying to get to. Exactly. So Flyover family, you can protect yourself the same way. You just go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page, great videos that you can watch, great information. But when you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place you can fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team yep. will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you anything. And it's easy. It is absolutely free. It's easy. You can also call 720 605 3900. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your amazing team. We are honored to partner with you. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. You could buy the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. 
today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. So reach out to Dr. Kirk and his team today. That's a call that's better made early than later. It's like yes. building a boat before it's raining. It's a good decision to make. And uh, get yourself out of this, this fake monopoly stuff that's just crashing and into something real that's going to hold value long term. You'll be so glad that you did. So go to flyovergold.com or call 720-605-3900. Thank you so much yes. for joining us tonight. We bless you. We bless you to realize you were born for such a time as this. We bless you to realize your future is brighter than your past. And we bless you to wake up, speak up, and show up. See you again tomorrow. Thanks a lot, guys. Peace out. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Hey.